I'm Rachel Perkins, and you're listening to the Nordic Nation podcast from Faster Skier. In this episode, we have Sydney Palmer-Ledger, Sophia Walkley, and Novi McCabe. Each is a member of the U.S. cross-country team, and they're also teammates at the University of Utah. Sophia and Novi were recently named to the 2022 Olympic team and are soon headed to Beijing, while Sydney will race in the RMISA collegiate circuit for the next few weeks before flying to Norway for the FIS Junior World Championships. Each already accomplished in her own right, these women discussed their experiences so far as they set their sights on long-term goals for what they hope will be long careers in the sport. For some additional background on each of these athletes, check out our show notes at fasterskier.com. Before we jump in, this episode is brought to you by Boulder Nordic Sport, the industry-leading resource for cross-country ski equipment, waxing, stone grinding, and hand-selected skis. Whether you're looking to tour at a local park, finish your 15th Berkey in style, or aiming for the next Olympic team, Boulder Nordic Sport's passionate staff can help you find the perfect gear for your cross-country skiing experience. Visit bouldernordic.com to shop one of the biggest selections of ski gear in the country and download a digital copy of the annual BNS magazine. Check out the Boulder Nordic YouTube channel to watch the extensive waxing how-to videos. Ski inventory is challenging this season, but BNS is receiving new gear every week, including the new floor-free race waxes from Holman Cole and Rody. Now back to the episode. So to start off, um, I'm kind of just hoping you guys can kind of introduce yourselves, and um, I want to ask a little bit about kind of just your your backgrounds in the sport and um, what got you into skiing kind of kept you kept you in it to be um, at the point that you're at now. Um, so, uh, Sydney, do you want to start us off there? So I know that you're sure. from Park, from Park City. I think spent some time in in Sun Valley. It looks like you're back in Utah. Um, so yeah, talk us talk us through that. Yeah, so I grew up in Park City, Utah, um, and then the last three years of high school I spent it in Sun Valley, Idaho. Um, and then I got into skiing um, basically since I could walk. Um, growing up in Park City, there's a bunch of teams all around um, in Salt Lake and Soldier Hollow um, and then in Park City. Um, so it was kind of just like a fun thing for like my family to do. Um, and then my brother uh, joined Park City Nordic and I kind of wanted to follow in his footsteps a little bit. Um, and it was really fun just being on a team and just skiing around and playing sharks and minnows. Um, and then around age of like 11, um, when Novi and I started kind of racing together, I decided I like loved racing and like the adrenaline and just like the whole competitive scene. Um, and that's kind of like where my love for the sport started. Um, and then, yeah, I went to Sun Valley cause, uh, that team over there is incredible, um, they have an amazing support uh, coaching staff. Um, and then I decided to come to Utah and we have Miles and Frederick um, and it's, it's amazing. Yeah. And I know that you, um, you're also a pretty accomplished mountain biker and have won some national titles there. Um, so in terms of kind of making that decision of like, when did it happen or has it really happened where you're kind of going for skiing, kind of choosing skiing? And what did that decision process look like? Yeah, so I've been mountain biking kind of the same time as skiing. Um, and it's pretty hard to try to do both. Um, like you can't really roller ski when you're like 
training for mountain biking. Um, and I think my love for skiing was like a little more than mountain biking, uh, two or three years ago. I can't remember when I started, uh, transitioning. Um, and so, yeah, I used to race nationals. Um, I actually won, I think five national titles as a mountain biker. Um, and then I just, when I had to start like training more for mountain biking, I was like, I can't do both. Um, so I can still ride and I still do it for fun. Um, but I am just focusing on skiing for the most part. And I go out with my family all the time and now I'm not in like shape as I used to, <laughs> used to be when I was younger. Um, and they beat me up, but it's, it's such a fun sport and I, I still love it. Um, I actually could probably go ride outside right now in Salt Lake cause it's so dry. Um, but yeah. Um, Sophia, maybe I'll go to, to you next. Um, so, you know, you're a dual citizen, I believe. Um, and your US ski team bio says that you are related to a Viking. Um, so I'm kind of hoping you can talk through just your, your family's heritage a little bit and kind of just what your introduction to skiing was like and yeah, what, uh, what the development process kind of was, was like for you. Yeah, I'm honestly not sure how accurate that is. I, think, I, mean, I am half Norwegian, so I'm assuming there's some Viking I'm related to. But there is, I don't know, everyone tosses around that we're related to some famous Viking. But yeah, anyways, my dad's from Norway. Um, my mom's from New York. And so obviously my dad grew up skiing and my mom actually did too. And so they got me and my siblings into it very early, like Sydney, like, I don't know, I was two or three probably when I started. Um, and it definitely started out as more of a like recreational thing for me. I did like so many sports when I was younger and I did race like starting middle school and high school. And I think high school is definitely when I like started to like find the competitive side of it, like just as fun and almost more fun, like working towards like skiing is such a taxing sport and like it takes a lot of sacrifices. So the racing part, like I found to be such a great re reward for that. Um, and so I do think I definitely found my love in high school, especially our team. It was like super team oriented and it wasn't, um, or it was like a lot of the races you were trying to win as a whole team and not just worrying about your own results. And that I've noticed like now in the higher level is less um, emphasized, which is like totally fine. But I think having that when I was younger was really important for me um, to keep going with it um, just because there can be so many ups and downs like individually. So it was pretty cool to have such just like <clears throat> strong team dynamic when I was younger. Yeah. And you've kind of gone back and forth, I think, doing some training in Norway. Um, is that through connections from your dad's side of the family or, or can you kind of talk about what that has looked like and, and just maybe what role that has served for you? Yeah, I like, I've been, I, I lived in Norway for a couple years when I was like very young. Um, then I wasn't like training a lot, but I was obviously skiing when I was there. I didn't like, it's mostly family like related. I have a ton, all of my cousins are there and they are either currently racing or have raced in the past. And so it was pretty easy to go over there and like assimilate a bit in their Nordic world. Um, but it wasn't really <clears throat> until last year that I went over and started doing more of their like higher level races, um, which was really cool for me. 
it was definitely uh like quite a change from all the racing I'd done in the U.S. like like I had just been racing college which was super cool but whole new intensity um going over to Norway and I yeah for me like it's pretty cool because like I just immediately started learning new things when I was there um because yeah the environment I grew up in I was I grew up in Maine where Nordic skiing like there were a lot of Nordic skiers around me but it wasn't the sport to do and so it was kind of just doing your own thing and yeah and so when I went when I've been in Norway it's it's really cool just to like feel more at home in the sport I guess um so yeah and where's your where in Norway is most of your family based yeah they're um right side of Oslo so some of them are in Drummond and then in Oscar too um Novi I'll I'll shift over to you uh so I'm sure you get questions about this a lot but your you know your your mom is a two-time Olympian um you are now named to the Olympic team um and I believe she was also your coach for many years um I I uh, picked Ella Hall's brain a little bit because I know that your families are are close um and uh your mom wrote I I kind of came across this piece that your mom wrote for enjoy winter kind of just like talking about bringing you and, and your sister along from like a very young age in her own training. Um, and it kind of just seems like that the sport has kind of been ingrained in your lifestyle from a, from a super young age. Um, so I'm curious if like what some of your early, what from your perspective, like what were some of those kind of early memories of um, just, yeah, getting out on, on cross country skis or, or joining your mom or whatever that kind of looked like. And uh, how did that kind of shape I guess, like your relationship with skiing when you were young? Yeah, I definitely like skiing because of that has always been like a big part of my lifestyle, I think, even when I didn't really realize it yet. Like, I remember like Leslie and my mom would take like Walker and I in backpacks and do like bounding intervals and stuff. Uh, And yeah, we were just kind of always like with them and like around like the older kids on the ski team because they were coaching them. so yeah, I was just kind of always around it and always like, uh, we'd go on like climbing trips in the summer and my mom would do like running intervals in the morning and I would kind of like join. Um, but yeah, so I started just like being like active in a way that was maybe like semi-focused on skiing, like at a pretty young age. And then just like had so many friends in the sport. It was kind of just what all my friends did in the Metau. So it was like really easy to enjoy it a lot and like have so much fun with it and get to travel with all of my friends. Like it was just so fun. So I think that's, yeah, what kept me liking it a lot through high school. Yeah. And did you ever feel like there was sort of like a expectation for you to be competitive with skiing or like stick with skiing in any way? Or um, did it feel pretty open that like if you became really passionate about something else that like what was ultimately important was like loving being outside and, and getting out and that kind of thing? Yeah, I think for sure like my mom made it like quite clear to both my sister and I that it was like okay to do other things and like skiing wasn't really what we were feeling that was fine (laughs) um and it just kind of turned out that I do really love skiing and have been like stoked about like pursuing it at a higher level I guess so I think yeah my mom was awesome about like making it known that whatever we chose to do was good and you said a little bit about this but just like the the culture in the Metau and um you know that's where 
the Bjornsons are from, and um, I'm not sure. I, I imagine they were still there maybe when you were fairly young. Um, so I'm curious, you know, uh, it's it's still a, a, a fairly small area, um, and you did have some pretty amazing examples there. Um, but one of the things Ella mentioned is that a lot of those top racers that are coming out of the Metau have kind of like gone to different programs because uh, just the size of, you know, PNSA or um, there's maybe just not as many, not as much density. Um, it's far to reach some of these competitions and things like that. So was there anything that kind of kept you when you were in high school and, and starting to kind of like, you know, accomplish some, um, some noteworthy things? Like, was there something that kind of kept you there versus maybe pursuing a different program that would have, you know, more athletes at your level to train with or something like that? Yeah. I mean, I think a lot of it was, I feel like, athletes a few years older than me and maybe a few years younger than me too ended up like going in different directions but like my like my age group was pretty stacked (laughs) in terms of just people who like really liked skiing and were pretty good at it too and like I always felt super like challenged being there and yeah I think basically just the fact that I was really good friends with everyone and um had such a good time there kept me there I never really considered going anywhere else and like I had so many good coaches too throughout my time with MVNT so I don't know. It was all just a good experience. Um, yeah. Um, awesome. So some of the questions I have for you guys and and we'll get, these are kind of more broad questions that any of you guys are welcome to kind of jump in on. Um, but it, yeah, a lot of what I have to ask, I guess, is somewhat similar to what I asked of Ben and Gus and JC earlier in the season in terms of coming into a program um, with maybe some expectations that you may or may not feel in terms of, you know, I think what we've seen over the last decade of American cross-country skiing is just like the bar consistently being raised, um, particularly on the women's side um, with, you know, you've got Keegan and Jesse and some of these women who have really just like accomplished amazing things in the sport. Um, and it, in some ways that sort of makes it like almost, you know, what you have accomplished at, you know, 19 or 21, it would have been like headline news 10 years ago. And now it's almost like, okay, they're like following the path. They're, they're meeting the standard. Um, and so I guess I, I have questions on what that experience has been like in terms of, um, you know, managing pressure or expectations, whether that's what you sort of feel from the outside or whether that's expectations or pressures that you're putting on yourself, as you've kind of moved up that development pathway and, um, and what kind of advice or support has sort of been helpful in navigating some of those pressures? I think there are a lot of expectations, even at a young age that, you know, 19, 20, 21, um, like going to our first world cup, it was like, oh, you should be enjoying the experience, but there's always some expectations from like yourself and just, um, how everyone else is doing and you of course you want to do well um and it's kind of just taking a step back when things aren't going how you want um and just enjoying the sport um because like early this season like races weren't going as well as i had hoped um and so just kind of like things happen races don't go as planned or your body isn't feeling how it is but taking a step back and enjoying like the people around you like that you're out you're training and like out on the snow for a couple of hours in a beautiful place um, and just being having the opportunity to race um, like I race senior nationals and being at like my hometown 
um, and seeing all the volunteers that I've known since I was like five years old and like just enjoying being able to compete. Um, I think having the Olympics, there's a lot of pressure to try to make it um, like this year compared to other years. Um, and like, you might make it, you might not. And like with COVID, there's all this like stress of like outside life, but just kind of enjoying it and like taking a breather. <laughs> like that's, yeah, that's mostly what I can say. Yeah, I think going off of that, like I would say expectations and pressure, like it mostly comes from like myself. I think like Sydney mentioned that too. Like I would not, like I don't really feel it from the coaches or like the higher ups of the USD team. Cause I think they, they like know that we're young and we already put a lot of pressure on ourselves. And I truly believe that they're not like expecting us to be the next Jesse in like a year or two. Um, I think they just really want us to like embrace the experience, which is definitely harder. Like you want it, it's, it's fun to do well. And it's like, we've all made this jump pretty quickly or like the jump to the world cup and like coming from doing well in like all the races results wise, and then going straight into this bigger, more intense environment. It's, it's hard to not do as well and still be as motivated. Um, and so I think go, I guess that just circling back to like, it's really rooted in ourselves. I think, at least from my experience, like I wouldn't, I don't think it comes, there's a lot of exterior pressure or expectations, which it's, it's helpful to remind myself of that at least. Yeah. Yeah. I also think, uh, that it's, that's kind of one reason that it's really cool to have all of these girls on the U S ski team who are like, so good, like Jesse to like, kind of look up to and like be able to talk to. Cause like just at this camp, I'm always like, Holy cow. Like Jesse is dealing with like so much pressure. Like it's insane. And like, you wouldn't even like really know that by talking to her, like seeing her. Cause she just like does it with so much grace. But I think like having someone like that and all of the older girls who like have more experience with that is really cool. And just like knowing that we can talk to them all the time. It's pretty nice for sure. Yeah. And when you think about kind of what you have done um, in your career so far and kind of thinking about, uh, you know, you've, you have been on a, a medal relay team um at you at world juniors and and things like that and you're you're sort of like are on the same trajectory as some of these other women who have gone on to accomplish some really incredible things um like do you does that kind of give you more of a feeling of like like now I have to do that too because they did it or is it more of like a they did it so why not me kind of feeling when you're you know thinking about what, when your own goals and, and what you want to accomplish? I would say the latter. <laughs> like, I think I don't necessarily like feel pressure. Like when any of the older girls are doing super well, I'm not necessarily like, damn, like that means I have to do that too. <laughs> like, I don't know. I think it's just like cool to see them do well and like know that it's possible to do that. And it's like possible to have an off year and then like come back and do super well or like, yeah. I think it's just nice to have all those examples and like role models. Yeah, I would agree with that. Cause I think like we know that it's been like a long journey for them too and that they didn't get like this overnight. And so like reminding ourselves like, okay we won't be getting a podium in our first World Cup season. Like it's, so it's, it's okay. <laughs> yeah. 
Yeah, and yeah. I, I think, um, yeah, just that uh, we are seeing, you know, you've got some amazing examples in that way, like Rosie Brennan, right, who's um, accomplishing success much later in her career than maybe is like the the standard, um, whatever is like mapped out on that little you know, infographic for the development pathway or whatever they used to have. And um, yeah, and and similarly, like uh, Novi, what you were mentioning with kind of, uh, you know, like Julia, for example, had a season that was really challenging last year and then made that come back. Um, so yeah, what are, what are some ways that you um, are kind of using to kind of like stay focused on some of those long-term goals? Um, and still kind of like see see that bigger picture like is that a matter of you know working with a coach or talking with your family or like a sports psychologist or just what are some of the kind of ways that you're able to to focus on that long-term bigger picture kind of stuff I think for me it's uh like talking to other people on the team if it's like Julia or Haley or Hannah and like there's different ways of going like skiing um like you could take the college route and then go world cup or you could do both or just decide to do world cup and just stay over in europe and there's like so many different options um and it's nice talking to like everybody because they have different opinions um and just seeing that there are some setbacks and people struggle over there and you don't realize because i think social media can be like put a picture of how things are and at times it's tough, like, especially with COVID and like not being able to see people or not be able to do anything and um, just let people are there for you to talk. Um, and then also like having coaches um, that you can rely on, like going to Miles or Frederick is like super helpful for me. And I can kind of take a second to uh, not stress about like how, what training I should do or how much to do um, and kind of just like talk about my feet like like what do you think like this is what I think what do you think um, and they will always support me on whatever I decide um, if I want to like go do this race or go early to world juniors and because um, it's my last year as a junior and I really want to do well um, and they kind of just like talk me through it so I think that's what really helps kind of set my goals um, and it's taking like one day at a time because we're going to be in this sport hopefully for a long time. So trying to figure it out now, and like talking to sports psychs and making sure that your mental health is good, but also you're taking care of your body because we are young <laughs> and yeah, it can take it, can take it out if you're not enjoying the sport. Um. I want to ask a little bit about kind of your, you guys are all now teammates at Utah and um, kind of a little bit, Sydney, kind of going along with what you were mentioning in terms of just like, there are all these different pathways that you can take. And I think what, you know, when I think back to like when I was in college and just like, uh, just it seems like there's better integration. It's less black and white. Like you can choose, choose college or you choose World Cup skiing. Um, you're either a college athlete or a professional skier. Um, there's sort of better integration, and I'm, I'm sure that kind of varies a little bit depending on the program. Um, but it, certainly this season, it seems like you guys um, have had a pretty, you know, a pretty, I guess, uh, seamless ability to kind of move back and forth between the World Cup and you, maybe U.S. Nationals, maybe um, RMISA racing. Um, so I'm just wondering about your, if you can talk a little bit about your choice of you know, University of Utah and um, 
and about about that experience of, of being a kind of a hybrid NCAA athlete and maybe what it was about that program that sort of has been able to support you um, in sort of this like not necessarily black and white route that you're all choosing. I think for me, uh, like one of the main reasons I came to Utah was Miles and Frederick being so open about going back and forth. Um, like growing up in Utah, I didn't think I wanted to stay in the state when I went to college. Um, but they are so supportive on if you want to race World Cups or if you want to race college races. Um, I think every college is different, um, but they kind of just want us to stay in the sport um, and grow as a team. Um, and like, no matter what, if we go to period one or tortoise or like Olympics, um, we have such a strong team of girls. And so if two people leave, we have just as strong of team and us going to world cup is also building the team up coming back and training. And, um, it's just an, a great experience, like having such a tight, uh, group community, like as Utah and having the girls at Olympics and then having people here racing and then going to Fairbanks and yeah, uh, some of us going to world juniors and having some of the Alpiners here or, going to Olympics as well. So it's kind of just cool to have both aspects. Yeah, I think like for me, especially at this point, I've like realized that I really want a balance between like World Cup skiing or international racing and still being able to do a lot of domestic stuff. Um, Like I realized last season I was mainly all or only in Europe and like I ended the season just like pretty burnt out. just from like, I obviously was learning so much and super grateful for being able to race like my first world cup season. Um, but it really made me realize that I still want to be racing domestically. And so I actually transferred to Utah this fall, like be kind of because of that reason. Cause it like, after I didn't know miles and Frederick super well in my decision, but it just like super solidified this fall when it seemed like they're so compatible and like really want or like want you to do what you want to do um and there's they've been really good at helping me figure out a balance um and I think that's gonna make eventually make me a better skier and and like being able to do both and yeah the program at Utah is just it's pretty incredible that we are able to do both because yeah I don't know a lot of other places that you could how about in terms of, um, yeah, maybe, you know, being able to make skiing a, a priority, but still pursuing academics. Um, what does that balance look like? I don't know if nobody want to talk about that a little yeah. bit. Uh, yeah, I think like for me, I really, especially this semester, for some reason, I'm just kind of been on a roll with school. <laughs> um, I usually am not like that, but I think I kind of just realized that it's like so nice especially when you're like at a camp and you're like training and eating and like watching tv and you're like it's kind of nice to have something else going on and I think that like for me school for the most part I mean it gets it's a bit of a grind sometimes for sure like (laughs) um but I think for the most part it's like so nice to have multiple things going on and like be able to just kind of shift gears and like be a student and then be a skier and I think they're both like doing one well is helpful in the other and like vice versa. So, yeah. I yeah, think, 
Oh, sorry. <laughs> um, like our college experience is a lot different than a normal student. Um, like for me, I have all online classes and they're all asynchronized. So I don't have any Zoom. I kind of just get work done and I watch lectures. But it is nice, like what Novi said, having something else going on. Like if you're stressed about skiing, you can kind of just shift your focus. And it's sometimes it's hard when you're like so tired after a long day of skiing or intervals and you're like, I really don't want to go do like my kidneys homework, but it's kind of just something you have to do. And um, yeah, once you're done skiing, you have something to turn back on. Quick interruption to say thank you to Marty and Kathy Hall, whose support through their A Hallmark of Excellence Award has made our World Cup coverage and this podcast possible this season. To learn more about supporting Faster Skier, email info at fasterskier.com. So you guys have already kind of talked a little bit about um, just your time racing um, period one, uh, the season. Um, Sydney, you mentioned that then you headed back for U.S. Nationals. Um, and, you know, you were the, the top collegiate racer, racer in um, each of those events. Um, can you say a little bit more in terms of just, you know, how you felt about those races at U.S. Nationals? Um and maybe some of your your takeaways from from period one this season. Yeah, I think period one was a pretty cool experience. Um, it was definitely uh, hard getting going from like no racing to like our first races being period one World Cups. Um, usually we get like a transition from like time trials and just skiing on snow. So um, it was a shock to the system, but it was kind of cool to be racing with the best in the world. Um, and then coming back for senior nationals, um, they were pretty good races. Um, there were a couple of days where our skis weren't the best, um, compared to some of the teams that like nailed it. Um, but it was, yeah, like I said before, it was really cool to like come back to hometown and just racing with everybody. Um, and it kind of didn't feel like it was kind of like a COVID more years, um, and stressing. And there was a lot of people on the course and racing, um, and then we raced in Sun Valley, um, and Sophia and Novi were there. So that was fun. And we, and Catherine, um, and Caitlin and Rosie. Um, so we had a pretty stacked race, uh, in Sun Valley, which was really cool to race, uh, like a mass start. Um, so I really enjoyed doing those. Um, and then now we're heading to Fairbanks on Sunday, um, which is going to be really cold. Um, and then off to Norway for world juniors. So, yeah. Cool. And did you have any takeaways from period one in terms of just like whether learning about, you know, just kind of the, the side of it that's like adapting to that lifestyle or, you know, just from your own racing or that side of things? Yeah. Racing uh, sprint races at World Cup is a lot different than in the States because um, it's basically like one shot. And if you are like three seconds out, like normally in the States, it would be okay. And you would make it top 30. Um, but with as many fast women over in the world cup, you could be two seconds out from making it. Um, and it's just like pushing up and over the hill is not like you didn't as much or like at the finish, like you have to give it everything. And if you like kind of mess up, then you can definitely see, um, so it's just trying to like figure out how to do that and how to race over there. Um, and then figuring out like the whole 
traveling and racing and being around everybody and uh, the food over there. Um, so I guess like at the end of World Cup, I was trying to like finally figure out how to be or like just racing World Cup. Um, but I'm still learning myself. So, yeah. Um, Sophia, you, you mentioned transferring from you were at Middle, Middlebury previously. Um, and last season, in terms of your your kind of like season planning um, and being on the World Cup pretty much most of the season versus what you were saying kind of this year, doing a little bit more like domestic racing um, and having that be still kind of a priority. Was any of that kind of COVID related, like the, you know, um, ISA, the, the Eastern um, Collegiate Circuit? was I think the most heavily impacted by COVID. Uh, Vermont certainly had some like incredibly strict uh, policies, which worked well, but in terms of, you know, racing and having that kind of like collegiate circuit experience definitely limited things. Um, so did that alter kind of what your original plan was for last season? Um, or had you always kind of planned on on being over on the World Cup for as long as oh, you were? Yeah, no, the World Cup was definitely like, quite the shocker that that was became a reality um I was definitely really looking forward to the college season I had so much fun fun my freshman year um and I like I really enjoyed being on the Middlebury team and it was yeah I guess the like NESCAC um ended up I don't know it was a whole confusing situation because some schools like still figured out some racing but anyways Middlebury was like very very shut down and yeah like like you said it worked COVID, COVID wise. Um, but yeah, like the whole domestic scene for me was pretty unrealistic. Like there were no college races and most of like the super tour replacements weren't really happening. So I, yeah, like my plans were constantly shifting and I ended up going, like use my Norway connection and just headed over after Christmas to at least like race in like Norwegian cups and Norwegian nationals, which was like super high level competition because like they weren't racing world cups either at that point and so I was just excited to get that racing opportunity in and I didn't necessarily have a plan for the rest of the season I was like well I can maybe go travel around Europe and main like mainly stay in Norway but I think yeah like in that sense COVID did work to my advantage because I ended up getting like one world cup start um off of this time trial i did in the u.s and then it just somehow everything just like fell into place and i kept getting more starts and i i think there was a lot of luck involved and um it set me up certainly to get like period one this year um but like yeah last fall or fall of 2020 i guess like the thought of finishing out the year on the world cup was definitely not on the radar um so it was really really cool and like definitely a huge step was taken in my skiing career um but it like I said it made me realize that I I still want to be at least for, for part of the season I want to be at home um and in terms of you know period one and the tour to ski um Novi maybe I, I can ask you this question or direct this to you but um you know, what are, what are some of your takeaways from, from this season being on the world cup? And, um, I believe this was your first tour to ski. Um, so, you know, how did that compare to maybe what you were expecting going into that? Or did you have expectations of what that would be like? 
Um, yeah. And, and just what are some of your, your takeaways from all of that? Yeah, I think, I mean, I went into the tour expecting it to be really hard and it was for sure. It was so hard, uh, but it was also a really good time. And I think like, I don't know, there's a lot going on. Like, I feel like I was like, oh, it's a lot of racing, but it's also like a lot of travel and you have to like stuff yourself at every meal to get enough food. And like, there's so many things to think about. So I think just getting all of those dialed in is like really hard. And I think I can do a better job of that next time. And um, I think I learned a lot about that this time around, but there were also, I kind of learned that like within the tour, just within like a week of racing, there can be so many ups and downs, like, or within one race, like there were so many times where I was like, this sucks so much, <laughs> but then there were some really good times too. So like, I don't know, it was really fun and kind of a roller coaster of an experience, but um, overall I was really stoked with it and I'm really excited to hopefully do it again someday. So yeah. <laughs> cool. And uh the hill climb was obviously like a pretty good ending to that. Like, do you, do you feel like when you're thinking back on some of those experiences, like, does that, do you think that plays in on how you kind of like perceive the overall tour, just having such a high note at the end, or uh, do you feel like you, it's all kind of put in context? Yeah, I think for sure. Like it's fun. I've talked to Sophia about this, but I feel like we always have good days on the same days. <laughs> which is like super fun. Cause then we can like be Complain stoked at the same time, be bummed at the same time. Yeah. But so that was really fun to end the tour that way for sure. Like it's just like such a, yeah, crazy race and it doesn't happen that often. So it was fun to get to do something like that. Um, and yeah, I was definitely like excited to end it with a performance that I was proud of. So, yeah. Cool. Um, so the, the World Juniors U23 list was officially released yesterday, although I think it's sort of been um, out there for a while and maybe just some final decisions around it. Um, more, I think, in terms of like declining spots versus like who made the team, um, those decisions were sort of being made. And I'm, um, I'd love to kind of ask, you know, about some of those choices that you've had to make this season in terms of you know, it seems like if you make the Olympic team, that's a no brainer. You're going to go to the Olympics. Um, but some of these other choices in terms of um, like, I, I love to see uh, some of like you, you guys are not the only ones, but people who are kind of prioritizing like I want to race NCAAs with my team, with my collegiate team. Um, but for, uh, you know, Novi and Sophia, like you've had to kind of make a choice about U23s based on, or at least in my understanding, based on kind of the timing of the Olympics, the timing of NCAAs and, um, and that side of things. So I'm, I'm hoping um, you can kind of talk through that a little bit in terms of maybe just explaining why it's challenging this year, um, but also just like in your conversations with coaches or just your own feelings about that, like how, um, how some of those decisions were made. Yeah, I mean, it wasn't like easy. Like I would have loved to do U23s, but for me, the fact that I'll be able to like make the Olympics work and most likely be able to race at NCAAs, like it's pretty like pretty ridiculous that we can do both of them. So mm -hmm. for me, like it was hard to give up the U23 spot. Um, but I'm not like absolutely devastated about it because for me it's still it's pretty like, yeah, I guess this fall, it was like, it seemed like you're just gonna have to choose one or the other. Like, 
Olympics are the entire season or you get to do college races. Um, so for me, I'm just stoked that I get to do both. Um, so yeah, that's my kind of mindset, I guess. Yeah, I think it was honestly pretty nice because it was like a situation going into like Olympic team naming and like U23s naming, like it felt kind of like a win-win situation. Like I was like, either one's going to be great. And like, I don't know, it, it, yeah, it worked out really well. And I think that um, going back and being able to do NCAAs will be fun. And obviously like we get so much from being part of the Utah program and like the facilities are amazing. Like the program's just amazing in general. And it's going to be nice to be able to spend some time with our teammates and coaches. And I think like kind of end the season as being an actual part of that team. Cause even like when we were back in San Valley, we didn't really get to hang out with our teammates just because we were like unsure or I was unsure of whether I would like make the Olympic team and didn't want to be like extra careful with COVID. So it kind of sucks to like be there, but not really be part of the team. So I'm excited to be able to actually be a part of everything again. And I, Sydney, does it, how does that timing work out for you in terms of just the, um, you are going to attend World Juniors. Um, and then I think it's, yeah, it goes kind of right up to when NCAAs happens. Um, and, and, and Utah's hosting NCAAs, right? Um, yeah, so can you talk a little bit about that in terms of just, uh, yeah, your, does that affect anything about your travel for World Juniors or, um, yeah, just what are you, what are you excited about in being able to maybe do both of those? Yeah, um, I guess like the next three events are going to be very close together or just traveling. So we leave like Sunday and then we'll be in Alaska for like a week. Um, and then three days after I get back, I leave for Norway for three weeks. Um, and then we leave. And then like a week later after World Juniors, um, then we have NCAAs here at uh, in Utah. So it's going to be like, back and forth uh but I'm excited I really want to do well at world juniors because it's my last year as a junior um and it's in Norway which will be cool because we went over there for world cup so I kind of know the it's not the exact same place but I know my way around a little bit um and then I'm going a little earlier so I can get like jet lag out of the way and everything so I'm just excited to like race and have something and be with the Utah team for Fairbanks um, and then NCAAs. Um, it'll be cool that like our whole team will be there at NCAAs um, and they don't have to travel. All they have to do is drive like the hour to Soldier Hollow, which is quite a bit, but <laughs> it's better than taking a plane. Um, yeah. And are there any specific events that you're going to be targeting at World Juniors or? I'm excited for everyone. Um, I unless something happens, I'm going to start in all of them. Um, and hopefully the relay, um, but mostly classic. Um, but I'm honestly excited for all of them. Hopefully one of those goes well. <laughs> um, I'm just going to take it every day at a time. Um, and Fairbanks will be cool. Um, it's gonna be really cold. I think the, the high is supposed to be negative 16 Fahrenheit the first day we're there. Um, so I'm, I'm really excited for the next couple of races. Um, there's not really a specific race that I'm most excited for, but yeah. Um, and Sophia Novi, do you guys have a sense yet of what races you might be starting in? Um, and what does that look like in terms of like knowing, you know, preparing for specific races, like how, how far in advance 
Will you know? Do you have a sense of that at this point? Yeah, for both of us, we have one guaranteed start. So I'm going to do the 30K, which is at the very end of the Olympics. Um, and we're both kind of, kind of in the same boat where we're like alternates for a few of the distance races. And that's something that like it'll be pretty last minute decision if we get to race or not. Um, so, I mean, I'm right now, like I'm focusing on the one race that I do have, and it's definitely been a little bit of a challenge just cause it's like basically a month away from now. <laughs> um, and it's going to be three weeks in China before I actually get to race. Um, so for me, that's like what I'm trying to wrap my mind around and like how I should train in order to do that. Like I'll be having to do some time trials, obviously to like, not forget how to race I guess but um yeah I, I mean I'm really really excited for the 30k um skate I've I've never actually done one but I do love skate skiing and I love distance long races so hopefully it'll be good yeah uh, I hopefully have a start in the 10k classic and I'm super stoked I didn't really think I was gonna get start so <laughs> it'll be super fun I've never really like prepared for one specific race this far out so that is a new experience, but it's going okay so far. Uh, and yeah, I think I'll just have to like kind of, yeah, keep a little bit focused for a little while here and do some good like intensity sessions to make sure I'm ready. But yeah, I'm excited. And mentally, do you, do you feel like, uh, you know, some of these other experiences that you've had have kind of like helped you mentally prepare for the Olympics. Obviously it gets in our country so much hype. Um, and there's, you know, it's just kind of the, the ultimate. Um, so do you, do you feel like, you know, mentally you've kind of got the support you need or, or sort of had the experiences you need to kind of like wrap your head around some of that, or what is the, the kind of headspace look like at this point? Yeah, I think, I mean, we've talked about this a bit. We keep thinking of, like, Jesse and Rosie, who really <laughs> have, like, some high, like, they're going into these with, like, a lot of expectation and big goals. And we talk about how, like, lucky we are that we just get to go to these races and obviously do the best we can. But it's, for me, it's, I'm not super, I'm nervous, but, like, it's not stressed about how I'm going to do. I'm, like, it's mainly excitement. Um, and I also think most of my stress is like related to COVID and not getting it. So that's been like almost a silver lining in that it's distracted me a little bit, I guess. Yeah, I would agree. I think like I'm obviously a little, or I'm not nervous right now, but I think I will be probably <laughs> uh, a little bit nervous, but I think like it is nice for it to be like our first Olympics. And I think like also like at this point, I feel like we haven't even gotten super excited about it yet, just because we've been like, oh God, we're probably going to test positive <laughs> yeah. or something. Um, yeah. But I think once we get there, it's going to be like very surreal and exciting. And yeah. yeah. Um, awesome. Well, I, I think that's most of the questions that I have for you guys. Um, yeah. Other thoughts on, on kind of just, I guess, long-term goal setting, uh, just, yeah, goals for the rest of the season, um, or other kind of just takeaways that you want to share before we wrap it up? I don't know. I can't think of anything. Yeah. I mean, it'd be cool to win NCAAs with these guys. Yeah, I mean, I don't I'm... know like 
who will be on the yeah. team because we have such a strong team. But I think like that's a goal for all of us probably. I think that's like one cool thing. Like I'm really excited for China, but I like really, really can't wait for NCAAs. It's so, so fun. So, yeah. yeah. And there's um, there are some Utah athletes who were summer Olympians. Um not on the, the not on the cross country ski team, but uh, there are some athletes who attend Utah uh, who were summer Olympians. I think there's a, a gymnast and right. maybe maybe another athlete. Um, have you had that opportunity to kind of connect with any of them to kind of just share an experience or uh, not really? Not with them. Um, I get, there's like a lot of alpiners going, so it's. Like it's there's a huge skier representation, but I yeah I haven't connected with any of the summer athletes. Yeah, me neither. That would be sick though. I know. <laughs> yeah, I feel like they're pretty famous. Yeah. <laughs> I guess yeah. there's there's still time when you head back in the spring potentially. Yeah. Sure. Yeah. Cool. Awesome. Well, thank you guys so much for taking the time to do this. Um and yeah, uh, best of luck with staying healthy and uh, training and all of that um, over the next few weeks. And we'll be in touch. Thank you, great. Thank, you. Thank, you. Thank you. Thanks for listening. And thanks again to Boulder Nordic Sport and Marty and Kathy Hall with the Hallmark of Excellence Award for their support of Faster Skier and this podcast.